What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Amanda Bunch on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her and her journey. Amanda, I am just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited and nervous to share my story. I feel like this is a huge step for all the girls that do this. So I'll just jump on in. Um, My husband and I met actually when I was a freshman in high school and he was a senior and we rodeoed together. Um, grew up rodeo and ranching, both of us. Um, so fast forward, we were just friends. He was the nice guy. So um, my junior year of college, we met back up and it was just kind of meant to be. We moved right in together. We lived together for four years. So September 2015, we got married. And we always knew that we wanted to have kids. We always had this goal of like, we want two kids and we don't care, boy, girl, whatever. Um, So after we got married in September, we were with ranching lifestyle. We can't always leave the ranch during certain times. So we waited for our honeymoon to be in December. We're like, okay, we don't want to be off birth control until after that so that, you know, we can have fun on our honeymoon. And uh, so we waited uh, to get off birth control till January of 2016, and I was on the marina. And I had been on the marina for like seven years because I had it for the five years, and then I went ahead and put it back in and took it out after two years. Um, And then we still wanted my, because I hadn't had a period for years, we still wanted my cycles to kind of get back going. So we used uh, protection and didn't really start trying. until May of 2016 Um, and of course you know we're like oh it's gonna happen right away like this is I'm a planner so like I already knew what getting pregnant in May when we first tried when my due date was gonna be kind of a person Um, so come spring of 2017 not pregnant nothing not even a scare or anything Um, and my cycles are really weird Um, I never really got normal. So I went and met with my um, OBGYN and he um, slightly diagnosed me with PCOS. I got uh, multiple ultrasounds and stuff. I never had any cysts or anything like that, but uh, my insulin levels and stuff that I could be possibly um, have PCOS. So they started me on metformin. And I was actually really excited about metformin because uh, I've talked to a lot of friends that had just been on metformin for fertility reasons only, not because they had PCOS and were pregnant within one or two months. Like that just jump-started their body. So we were pretty excited like, oh, this will be, this will kick my body in. Um, So we went into the fall of 2017. We were still not pregnant. My timeline is just killing me at this point and uh so we went ahead and my doctor suggested to try Clomid and we were going to do three months of Clomid at a low dose and then three months 
then the next, if we weren't pregnant in those first three months, then we'd bump up the dose a little bit for another three months. Um, we did two months and I was crazy. Uh, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but I was a crazy person and my husband was like, who are you kind of a person? But uh, so we did two months and um, about a third month, my husband and I both needed a mental break. Like I, we just decided to skip the third month and take a break and surprise, surprise, we got pregnant on that month that we skipped. Um, so our first pregnancy, I found out May of 2018 that we were pregnant, um, scheduled our eight week appointment. It was all sorts of exciting, but we still didn't tell anyone. Uh, we never told anyone until, of course, our miscarriage. I woke up on Memorial Day of all um, with lots of blood. Um, so I had to work that day. I actually I should back up. I skipped that I am a, a 911 dispatcher uh, for our sh local sheriff's office that dispatches for police, medical, and fire. And uh, so I had to go to work on Memorial Day. And so I leave my house at 5 a.m. And so on my drive in, because I have a 30 minute drive, I called um, my insurance has a nurse. And so I called and they were like, I think you should go in and um, be checked. Well, of course, like it's Memorial Day. Like I didn't want to go to the ER. And I was, I mean, I knew this wasn't just a little bit of spotting. I was like heavy bleeding and very crampy. It was, it was more than a period, which was they say. Um, which and I should have been about seven months or sorry seven weeks along. Um, so I get to work, and because I decide I'm not going to the hospital, I'm just gonna go to work. And that was really dumb. Uh, of course, I started crying on my drive and talked to the nurse and you know all your thoughts and stuff. So my coworkers saw me. And like, what is going on? And so, of course, I like blurted out like, oh, I'm having a miscarriage. So they were like, go home. We'll cover your shift. Don't worry. And these girls have already been working for 12 hours through the night. So they're like staying over till they can get somebody else to come in for me. It's just my coworkers were amazing. Um, and then I just started getting scared because I am 30 minutes from the hospital that I was like, okay, maybe I should go get checked. So I told my husband that I was just going to go in the ER and just see if they could at least draw some blood so that when I got to my doctor a couple of days later, I'd already had my first blood draw and I could compare that. Um, so I went into the ER and um, we're so small. The ultrasound tech was off for Memorial Day. So uh, they just checked my cervix and took my blood and my cervix was open. So my, the ER doctor said that he's pretty positive. It was a miscarriage. Um, but he called my doctor directly and said that I could be there the next morning. So um, I went into my doctor on a Tuesday morning and um, they confirmed that my levels had dropped and that the ultrasound showed that I was passing the baby. Um, and yeah, I should have been about seven weeks for that one. So then, you know, I get on Google and research and research, which you should not do. Um, and we're like, my doctor said to wait two or three cycles, but Google, you know, says go for it. 
so we started trying right away um, and we didn't have any luck um, I felt like I was putting a lot of stress on our body on both my husband and I like um, we uh, had had multiple tests done at this point like I had my uh, HCG I believe that is when they do this uh, push the dye through I had that scan my husband had been tested um, and they uh, multiple ultrasounds and they show like nothing wrong no problems so we decided to do IUI um, and we started that December of 2018 and uh, we did two rounds we did December 18 and then January of 2019 um, it's about a two-hour drive for us to go to uh, the clinic where we could do that um, it was kind of hard with my work schedule because you never know when you're gonna ovulate and you gotta have time off so my coworkers again were amazing um, through this process because I'd be like oh but I'm ovulating I need to go in the next 12 hours and they would cover my shift if I needed to. Luckily, those two times that we did go, um, it happened on my days off naturally, so I didn't have to, but they were all on standby ready for me, so that was pretty neat. Um, so the whole IUI, just the stress of it, because my family knew we were doing it, um, there was all this pressure like, oh, it's, you guys might be pregnant this month, like just more people knew, and it it just was a different stress level um, so after two rounds we were unsuccessful um, we were we plan to do three rounds unmedicated and then um, do three rounds medicated possibly with Clomet again um, so we are ranchers and my so February of 2019 February is when we start having baby calves and it's really busy for my husband. He's checking cows day and night. And um, when it got closer to time for my ovulation, like things were just being so hectic. And my husband's like, I don't know if we can get away and all that. So we were like, you know what? It's, it's really stressful. Let's skip it. So we got pregnant on our own. We skipped going to the third IUI. We'd done the ovulation stuff and just relaxed and we got pregnant. Um, this would have been, um, well, my beginning of my cycle would have been late in January, 2019, but we, uh, actually got pregnant or found out we were pregnant in February. And, um, at seven weeks, I started spotting a little bit. It was nothing like the bleeding the time before, but I was freaking out because seven weeks, this was the same timeline as the last one, but it wasn't blood. It was just like, or, I mean, it wasn't like it was bleeding. It was just a little spot. Um, so I call my doctor thinking, oh my gosh, it's happening again. He's like, let's come in, uh, have an ultrasound. Let's just see what's going on. You're not heavily bleeding. Um, so we, during the ultrasound, it showed, and every ultrasound tech that I've had has been wonderful and talked to me. Um, I've heard a lot of girls say like they couldn't even see the screens or anything like that. So I was not like that. I got to see everything and she would point out like this is this and so we get in the ultrasound thing and she pulls up the screen and uh, it 
apparently I had had twins uh, in one, I was losing one. The other one at seven weeks, they could see a little flicker and thought that was heartbeat. So everything was good. But then they saw that the one with the heartbeat also had a sub, um, sub chronic hemorrhage. Um, so that was probably causing some of the bleeding and I was just absorbing the other twin, which it just looked like an empty sac. It didn't show anything there. So going to go home, going to have rest. Um, hopefully we've, my sister-in-law had a subchronic hemorrhage and had a healthy baby. So we, we are thinking, okay, this is good. And just rest and we can do that. So uh, that was at seven weeks, eight weeks, we went back in. Um, I had no more spotting. My um, hemorrhage, they said it looked like it was healing well. So, um, so after a week, I just kind of healed up good. Um, and then at nine weeks, I woke up in the middle of the night to bleeding. And um, at that time, I actually had a cold. So I specifically remember like I stood up and coughed. And uh, this is TMI, but I still coughed, something felt strange, and I looked in my underwear on my pad, and there was the whole baby in the sack. It all just fell out. I remember specifically standing there, and I mean, this is probably like 2 a.m., and just like hollering my husband's name, because I was like, no, this can't, this can't be, this, this isn't a baby I'm looking at. So what do I do? Go to the famous Google and like Google what it should look like at this at nine weeks. And sure enough, like that was our baby. So uh, this time I just, next morning I called my doctor and said, I've had a miscarriage. And they're like, well, would you like to come in and do blood or anything? And I said, no, I, I'm just gonna do this one at home. I'm, I feel like I'm past most of it because the baby I've seen the baby, the sack and everything. Um, so I just decided that I wasn't even gonna go to the doctor. I just, I, I didn't wanna do that. Um, so we just made this decision that, okay, let's stop trying so hard. Let's just let things happen. Obviously these two times we got pregnant were both unmedicated without any help, just when we stopped stressing. So I'm, I've hated this term from everybody, but when they all just say, oh, just relax, it'll happen, or, you know, don't force it, those kind of comments, which is like, stab you in the guts every time. Um, but for me, unfortunately, it was kind of true. Every time I stopped overanalyzing everything, we did get pregnant. So for my body, it might be a thing to stop stressing. Um, but so we, um, I only bled on that one for like four or five days. I, that one um, versus my first one, which I bled for like two weeks. Um, and which was weird being further along. I just didn't bleed that much. Um, but I think maybe because it all came out whole, I didn't have to pass a lot of tissue. Um, so yeah, here we are, new plan. We're just going to relax and enjoy ourselves, um, live life. Um, I actually had went to my sister-in-law's for a couple weeks because she had had a baby. So it was her third baby. I went to go help her for a couple weeks through that. And I came home and 
I wasn't even keeping track of my periods. Honestly, I was, I was that person that was like, I'm just not even thinking about it. Um, I came home and two months later, um, after a, a good summer break and stuff in August. Um, so she, that was in June and August. I came home and found out I was pregnant. It was just something made me think I needed to take a test. So I did. And, uh, I was pregnant. So we, uh, I called the doctor in my history. He wanted to see me right away. Um, so we went in and got an ultrasound. Um, they said I was eight weeks. They saw the heartbeat. Things were looking good. So we scheduled a, a 12 week appointment. Um, so when we passed the nine week mark, we were like, oh my gosh, this is further than we've ever been. Um, I was so nervous that I asked for another ultrasound. Um, we went back in, and uh, so at the nine, almost 10-week mark, we had an ultrasound, and the baby was moving around. We could see, um, like, little arms moving. It was, it was just amazing. They were trying to get picture for us, and it wasn't even holding still. It just looked like a blur on every picture. Um, so we were super happy, like, this is a healthy baby, and it's moving, and all this stuff. Uh, so we get past 12 weeks and we are excited. We already had had a vacation plan. So when the, we were 15 weeks, we went to Hawaii. And uh, we're like, finally, you know, we're through that first trimester, we can relax and enjoy this baby and this pregnancy. Um, went to Hawaii. Um, while I was in Hawaii, we hit 16 weeks. So I took, and my belly popped. Um, so we took a 16 week picture and posted it when we got home, or um, actually I posted it on the flight home from Hawaii. Um, so we were 16 weeks and super happy, and um, we had this, we got this little uh, baby onesie that said aloha on it and took a picture of that on my belly. It was, it was really cute um, at the beach. So uh, when we got home from Hawaii, we got home on a Sunday, and the next Monday I had my 16-week appointment. So we went in there, and we, being ranching, we'd, we'd been gone for a week. My husband had a lot to catch up on on the ranch, get some cows situated. So I told him, you know, it's just a 16-week appointment. They're probably just going to check my vitals, and, and it's not going to be an ultrasound or anything. So no, no need to go. Um, so I went by myself, and the doctor, um, you know, we get there, and the nurse's normal stuff, takes my blood pressure. I'm just glowing i'm so excited because i i am in the maternity clothes now because my belly is popped and i'm just ecstatic, ecstatic about everything um and the doctor comes in and says well let's listen through the heartbeat with the little doppler thing and he's moving around moving around and we hear nothing nothing and i'm like i know that 16 weeks it should not be that hard to find this heartbeat um so he's like, okay, not a, you know, not a big deal. I have this old ultrasound machine. Let's just pop that on real quick. Uh, you keep it for, for a weird times like this. So he moves this old, and I, I mean, it's the most ancient looking thing. It has a little screen that's like the size of my phone on there. Um, and he puts that on my belly, and he's, he doesn't really say much. He's like, well, I don't see a lot of movement. Um, I'm gonna go check and see if the ultrasound tech has. Uh, has a slot that she can she can get you in with a better screen. I just can't see good enough on this. 
Um, so at this point, I call my husband. I'm like, something's wrong. We couldn't find a heartbeat. He's wanting me to get an ultrasound. And I really haven't processed that anything is like that wrong yet. Um, so I go into the ultrasound room. They squeeze me right in. Um, and as soon as she puts the water in my belly and the screen pops up, I can see the baby's gone. I can tell um, it's shaped funny and there, it was not moving. And uh, I just remember this being a really stupid question that I kept asking over and over. And I kept saying, is that the spine? Is that the spine? And, and she was very nice. She kept answering me. But um, I had no amniotic fluids in me, and uh, the baby was super squished. And so the spine was, was kind of almost like it was folded backwards. Um, so it had this weird curve, and it was just sticking out. It was, it was the only thing like my eye could see was like the curve of the spine. And so I feel really stupid that that was the only question I could ask, but it's all I could see and think about. Um, and then I finally, um, she started, she's like, okay, I'm going to take a bunch of pictures. And I was like, then my next thing I could finally get out of my mouth was, is there a heartbeat? And she said, no. And that's when I just lost it. Um, I was alone. My husband wasn't there. I was trying super hard to keep it all together and not be a blubbering mess. Um, I just thought, how could this happen? We are 16 weeks along. I didn't fall. I never hurt. Like, I've had no bleeding. My belly is popping. All these things. Like, how could I not have a live baby in there? So, um, the worst part was that she had to take all these pictures and these measurements. And um, I finally, um, she asked me multiple times if I wanted the screen off. And I was like, no, I. I want to watch. I want to, I need to look at this. And um, part of me wanted to say, yes, shut off the screen. I don't want to see it. But I'm thankful that I powered through all those feelings because I did get to see and I did get to learn a little bit about what's going on because I'm a person that needs answers. Um, so they took a bunch of measurements and they decided that the baby's head was measuring at 14 weeks and the body at 15 weeks. So uh, my baby probably passed at 15 weeks, um, and that would be the reason for no amniotic fluids because I'd already been a little over a week of the baby not working, so um, it wasn't making those fluids, and that made me at a very, um, they told me I was very high risk for an infection, the baby being gone that long and my body not recognizing that I lost pregnancy. Um, so they come in, and um, the doctor comes into the ultrasound room while she's still taking pictures and says, okay, um, I typically would allow you to have options if you wanted to deliver or um, have a DNC, but I'm only going to give you the option of the DNC. You are very high risk of infection and you have no amniotic fluids to help you with the delivery. Um, so I uh, obviously said, okay, so when do we, when, when do, we do this? And uh, he said, actually, I just checked the schedule. We have a spot that opened up for surgery tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Um, so I, um, my doctor's 45 minutes from my house. So um, that I was like, okay, we'll be there. This is like two o'clock in the afternoon. So within 
like it's almost 12 hours I'm gonna have surgery uh, and it's gonna be over and so I had to make the 45 minute drive home alone and my thoughts were scary um, but luckily my husband met me at home and we I should have stayed away from Google again because I'm like what could make us lose this baby at this stage and stuff and so I had all these thoughts going through my mind and then I'm you know googling what a DNC is and what a recovery is because I never thought anything of this I mean we had natural miscarriages without any help on the first two um, and I knew this was not going to be that smooth um, so surgery day um, obviously no sleep all night um, and we have to leave our house around 4 a.m. to get to surgery. They want us to check in at 5 a.m. Um, it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I just seem to do these kind of things on holidays. Um, we uh, got to the hospital and then went to the surgery ward. We were early enough that um, the doors weren't open yet. Uh, and this is going to sound very rude, but it, it was one of the hardest parts of the day. Um, there were another couple that were sitting on the floor next to the door when we got there and they were just joking and carrying on and here we are in heartache just you know and we're gonna have to we're saying goodbye to our baby and all of our really our hopes and dreams and our plans that we've been making um, and here these people are giggling and that that's not the worst part um, they open up the doors and she goes to the thing first and we're kind of standing an appropriate amount away like in line and um she's giggling and she's rather loud about why she's there and she says I'm here for my abortion and my heart just shattered I was like I'm you're losing my baby and you are here for an abortion and the receptionist politely says we left you messages yesterday that your appointment had been canceled since you did not arrive for your pre-surgery scans and did your blood work. And that hits me then that um, the reason they had an opening for me to be in so early was her um, and that her abortion wasn't going to happen because I was losing my baby. And my husband and I both knew then that, I mean, we didn't say anything to each other, but that's when the waterworks started for us because um, that's how we got our opening so we think that maybe we saved the baby because of our spot um, maybe she didn't actually get an abortion and she uh, went ahead and had a baby um, so I don't know what happened there but that was a really hard thing um, so moving forward we get uh, checked into our room they prep me and get my IV it was very emotional for my husband. Um, he's scared of surgeries and, and stuff like that. So he was asking lots of questions that I really appreciate because at that point I was shut off. I was just like, do whatever you have to do. Like, I want this day over. Um, uh, they told my husband that I was gonna be about 45 minutes in, once they got me in the surgery and stuff like that. So. Um, he could just hang out in the room or he could go back and forth, whatever. I think he went and took a walk. Um, so I guess uh, it was an hour and he still 
hadn't, they said that they would call him, but he was sitting in the room. No one had called him or came in and it had been an hour since I'd left. And then it was an hour and a half since I left. So he says that he was super nervous that something happened, um, something went wrong. Um, but I came back just shy of two hours away. And I guess my husband asked the doctor because um, they came and checked me on recovery, but I was still so out of it. Um, said, you know, what happened? Is, is everything okay? And he said, it just took longer than most because I was so far along and they wanted to make sure they got everything. Um, and we'd requested testing, um, being our third pregnancy, we wanted to make sure for anything genetic, is it something that we're doing, um, all that stuff. And I wanted to find out if it was a girl or a boy. My heart just really wanted to. My husband didn't want to know, um, but I, I needed to know. I, I, just for some closure, I wanted to know that I could put baby girl or baby boy in my mind of what we'd lost. Um, so, uh, woke up from that, everything, everything went good. I actually was not in a lot of pain. Um, it was completely different from my other miscarriages because once I got home, of course, waking up from, uh, all the medication and stuff took a little bit getting home, but once I got home, I physically felt like nothing had happened. Um, I was no pain. They put a I put a pad on when I left the hospital. I got home and I had like a little couple drops on it. I wasn't bleeding. Um, so physically it was fine. Um, that was, that was no problem. Emotionally was just a whole nother state. Um, mainly because I had no answers. They couldn't tell me what was wrong with the baby, why I lost the baby, if I had done something. So I'm blaming myself. Um, and it's holiday time, so I mean, we're just going into Thanksgiving, so I have to go through Thanksgiving week and know that, okay, my test results are not coming back this week. Um, and they told me it should take a couple weeks. And so a month goes by, so now we're into Christmas time, and I'm like, well, we're not going to have it till after New Year's now. Uh, it was so stressful not knowing. Um, and we actually didn't find out until mid January uh, about what had, what, was wrong with our baby and uh when uh during those two months is when I found this podcast and Facebook I I googled or not on Facebook, I didn't google on Facebook I just searched for like miscarriage groups and I found um I found two groups that um recurring miscarriages and then I found one trying to conceive after a miscarriage and I follow those groups and I post my story in those groups and um chatted there and that because we talked about counseling for me because I was in a dark spot um but honestly being able to just sit at home and talk to complete strangers and tell your story without any judgment or anything was the best therapy I could do and I'm thankful for these podcasts for that because I listened to other people's stories and then felt normal um, because I never had anybody close to me have miscarriages or anything like that. So I, that's what got me through the two months of patiently <laughs> with quotations around the air quotes, uh, patiently waiting for my test results. Um, our marriage took a little bit of struggling through that because I was just not myself. And my husband wanted me to get 
going again. Um, I gained a lot of weight. Um, I gained probably 20 pounds. Um, and I, I'm currently <laughs> got my mindset back to going that I'm working out again and stuff. But I went through about six months of uh, depression with that. Um, and where I couldn't work out, I, I, I couldn't even cook my husband dinner some nights. Um, so the awful way of getting the answers finally ended, uh, they, um, actually I should re rewind for during that time. Um, my hospital sent me home with a booklet that, uh, for what to do with a baby and for surviving miscarriages and stuff like that. Um, we, in the book, there was a part about cremating and we technically didn't have to name our baby or, or have a death certificate because um, we were not 20 weeks and in our state you have to be 20 weeks for that. So um, they asked us what they wanted us to do with uh, the baby. So they could throw it away, which obviously I couldn't do that. Um, we could take it home and bury it. Um, but one of the sweet programs in there was the the nuns in um, Sister Teresa, actually. Uh, she has a program um, in the town that we we're in that is called Heaven's Cradle. And there's a mortuary there that donates the cremation. And so they cremated our baby. And there's a little spot in the cemetery that's specially made for these situations, babies um, that didn't get to breathe. Um, they have little plaques there that are beautiful. Uh, so it's called Heaven's Cradle. The mortuary donated the whole service of cremating and placing the baby um, with no cost to us. So that was amazing um, because here I was an emotional mess and they're like, what do you want us to do with your baby? <laughs> and I was so thankful that my hospital gave me that packet and there was a section on it and my husband found it. Um, all I did was make a call call the mortuary and call to Sister Teresa and it was done. So I have a place to go visit. Um, and the other hard part during that was they were like, well, do you want us to put um, a name on it? And I'm like, I don't even know if it was a girl or boy. I'm not, I can't name it. So I just asked them to put baby bunch on it. Um, so the end of January, we finally got our results back and we found out that we had a baby girl and that she had trisomy 21. So my doctor isn't um, a specialist or have strong expert advice in this. So he gave me a little bit about what it was um, and referred me to a maternal field um, genetic specialist. And I went to that appointment they went through our whole family history. They um, had us draw a family tree. They asked us all sorts of questions. And um, I think we went back to like our great grandparents about everything we knew about our family and then our, down to our cousins that are all alive and stuff like that. Um, it was uh, very time consuming that appointment was, but. Um, she uh, she said she thought from the test because she could see the way the DNA was that this looks like it was a fluke and not the type of trisomy 21 that shows like this is something we're going to do all the time. I know I don't sound very medical, 
medically professional on this, but um, from our family history and what she saw on the DNA, that it doesn't look like it's a genetic issue, that it was just, we accidentally gave an extra chromosome 21, and so baby girl had three chromosomes, 21s instead of two, and that just sometimes happens. Um, so she suggested no more tests, um, just try again. There's no reason we can have a healthy pregnancy. One of my favorite quotes, no reason you couldn't have a healthy pregnancy. Um, it was hard, it was good and bad because we got answers to, that the baby died of trisomy 21. We've heard, I did lots of research, that even if we would have had a successful pregnancy, the life and the quality that baby probably wouldn't have been great anyways um so god was god was taking taking her under for us so um we are thankful for her that she is now pain-free and happy in heaven and um we have we were using protection until we got all those results back because we didn't want to be doing this again. We wanted to make sure that there was nothing wrong with us and that we weren't going to do this again and that we weren't just going down an endless road. So we, uh, since those test results came back, we um, have not been trying. Um, obviously we're not using protection or anything. Um, I am just keeping track of my cycles and um, I decided not to go back on metformin. I was on metformin for over two years through all those, and I was weaned off after 12 weeks of the last pregnancy. They weaned me off. And I, so during this, I decided, you know, I don't want to go back on metformin. I kind of want to see if my body will handle itself. And I luckily have been getting regular cycles. Um, I've been between 28 and 30 days on all my cycles since I am, I think this is, this is seven months since uh, since my DNC, um, and I've been cycling regular, uh, not taking any kind of medication, just still taking my prenatals, and we're trying to enjoy ourselves and see where God takes us on this next journey. And that's my story. Now, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Don't set a timeline. Just <laughs> try. I, I know it sounds weird, but to me, that was the most stressful part because I was instantly every cycle before we even, like, I was properly ovulating. I was like, okay, we're going to have a baby at this time if we get pregnant this month. And just don't set a timeline. It's hard. It's really hard when those fail. If you're a planner like me, don't do that to yourself. I totally agree. Easier said than done, but I totally agree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so easier said than done. I still can't do it, honestly, but <laughs> you can try I, your hardest, but there's always those moments for sure. It is, it is always so easy to just go to that due date calculator and be like, huh, I have my period today. What's it going to be? I know. <laughs> oh goodness. Now if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram at Ranting Bunch and, um, I'm not on Facebook. I just Instagram. Okay. 
So I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for jumping on and sharing this morning. We really appreciate it. It's going to help so many people. And I'm just, I'm so proud and thankful for you. Well, thank you. It feels, feels like a deep breath to actually share the story like this. I'm, I was very nervous, but I'm glad yeah. I could share. Yeah. From start to where you're at now, it's much different than sharing piece by piece with your everyday people for sure yes all right well we will chat soon you'll have to keep us posted and good luck thank you bye thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your instagram stories tag myself tag my guest so that we can personally thank you this is a lamb fam you guys we're not in this alone we're creating this ripple effect together Just